Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. With me today is the usual gang. Janelle Wheeler's here. Hey, everybody. Matthew Aguilar is here. What up? And over in our lounge section is producer Jim Viscardi. Hello. A lounge section. Ooh, that's lounge. good. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. It says in the show notes, lounge chair. We Come need on, to get him a Mai Tai. Read the show Some notes. cucumbers. Lounge like chair. Said. Season 2. We changed the title. Uh, <laughs> So, while we are lounging and or working, we have a lot to talk about today, so we got to get to it. We have some new set photos for some pretty big films that we are going to talk about that caused a little bit of an uproar on the internet last week. We are also going to talk about the teasy, teaser, teasy trailer. Hmm. <laughs> teaser trailer for the new Is that a new rapper? Man. It is very teasy. I mean, <laughs> no, it's teasy coming at you from comic book. sounds like a great rap name, teasy trailer. A little right. teasy. That's great. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a big shakeup that happened at uh, DC Comics. We're going to talk about some late-breaking news about Jurassic World 3, and that's just our news segment. After that, we are going to deep dive into the Walking Dead Season 10B TB. My my goodness, my tongue no speak the words (laughs) good today. (laughs) We're also going to talk about the big reveal from Star Wars and what's coming next, and we have a recap of Toy Fair, new comics, and all that good geekery for you. So, uh, like I said, we got a lot to do, so let's jump right in and get started. Up at the top of our news segment, so last week... We got, as I said, uh, two big set photo reveals for two big movies. The first one that kind of shut down the internet was our first full look at Robert Pattinson's bat suit from mm. The Batman. The Batman. So cool. Yeah, as you guys remember, we got a first look video, which teased the suit, but kind of carefully cropped things so we didn't see certain details, like, you know, anything below the chest or waist area. Or the gloves, or the even the ears on the cowl. So all of this was a mystery, and we said at the time that the reason they do these kind of uh, promo or these first look videos usually is because they they know the production schedule. Something's going to be shooting like outside. Paparazzi, both professional and amateur, are going to be there, and the photos are going to start coming out. So you get ahead of it. You you kind of control the style and the presentation of it, and it went over pretty well. Um, and I can see why, because now we got these set photos, and I'm just for the upfront and for the record, I'm still behind Pattinson's bat suit. And oh no, I agree. Yeah, I love like it. I still, I mean, I don't love it or hate it. I just, I'm still behind it because we haven't fully seen it yet. That's so true. I always want to reserve judgment until I actually see the thing in motion. Cape can make a lot of difference. Yeah, not just a oh, cape, but wow, like how yeah. it functions. I mean, it always looks a certain way when they're just standing around. It also looks very differently when they're moving and, yes. and doing stuff. a and very good point, too. Batmaning and fighting and yeah. doing action and all that. So I want to see that. But um, I could see why they wanted to get ahead of it with the video, because in the set vo- photo, I mean, there's been a whole string of Dark Knight hockey pad jokes about <laughs> this kind of Batman outfit, because it does have, like, big shoulder pads. There's been jokes about Black Widow because the wrists, the, the uh, gloves have these almost like Black Widow stinger gauntlet things around them. The boots look like biker boots. There's been all kinds of. Well, he's on a bike. Yeah, I know. In the intercept photos, he is on <laughs> a bike fair. in a motorcycle. <laughs> so this is Biker Batman. If he has a special biking outfit, uh, you don't know. But um, yeah, no cape. We still don't know why no cape in the set photos. Is it going to be digital? Is he just not wearing a cape? 
which yeah, it would look really brought cool up on the a bike. lot of strange arguments in this office last week about whether or not you could ride a motorcycle as Batman with a cape. <laughs> Charlie Ridgely, who was like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, blah, 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 physics. And we were like, what's the last shot of the Dark Knight, Charlie? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the last shot of the Dark Knight? The very physics. last shot. And is what? Oh, right. Batman on a motorcycle with his cape fluttering in the wind. But didn't That's Batman true. also have... Uh, a cape in what was it? Dark. It was in Dark Knight, right? Where he's chasing after the Joker. You, where, she literally. Where, is that where you have said? you been? Yeah. Yeah. The end. Literally, you said yeah. the end of the movie. What's that? You said the very end of the movie. This wasn't the very end. Like that was like. But I'm just. My whole point chasing? was that hey. the last shot of the Dark Knight is Batman's cape <laughs> oh, hey. all right. on a motorcycle hey. fluttering. Did, in did the you wind. know that? He I has thought, the cape. I thought, said, <laughs> for some reason, I thought he said Rises, and I was I like, I think he watched a different I thought he said Rises, and I was like, I think he watched a very different movie. Like, Dude, no, you just gave mind. us a perfect Rick J. moment. Oh, I love it. Oh, That's I great. mean, there's no back. Cape. Yeah, I remember the back cape fluttering. I, in a way. Yeah, yeah, no. So there has been a cape, but we don't know if what's going on with this Batman. But like, like I said, I could get with it because when it's on this stunt man who looks like Ben Affleck, by the way, with his yeah. really yeah. like building. Oh my gosh, the lips. Yeah. Yes. Dude, that's crazy. The stuntman for Robert Pattinson looks like Ben is Affleck, which is hilarious. Is it the same stuntman? Like, I, I don't even know. We like, need to check into that. Here. Yeah, we have to see yeah. who this guy is. a good is. chin, though. Yeah, I mean, this guy, chin. like, I was joking with Jim, but, like, seriously, like, this guy now does have, like, a career boost because of this. Yeah. <laughs> <these set> photos. <laughs> right. People are wondering who's the Ben Affleck lookalike stuntman guy in Batman. So, yeah, there's, I mean, it looks kind of... Like cosplayish a little bit. I know Aww. Matt. I feel like Matt has something to say over here. Oh no! I just I honestly thought I would be the only negative Nelly about the suit. I expected everyone to like be like, "Oh my god, it looks amazing!" And I felt bad that I was going to be like the. But I'm glad. No, this is good. Uh, I I'm agree with you, kind of. I I again don't have it's. It takes no faith away from the final product, and it's going to probably look all great when it's on screen and final. But it does look a little. It looks a little rough, and it's just the way he's – it very much looks like it's not made for him. It, it's, like, designed for somebody else, and this dude just has to wear that size. Oh, yeah. Like, we it should looks also – like, we should put big. out the caveat. Yeah. We should put out the caveat that, like, they give stunt performers, like, very downgraded versions of the costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is not oh. the costume costume. Exactly. Costume. So, you know, it, but and it looks that way in, in this photo. The I don't have as much of a problem with the, um, you know, like, the, the Talon gauntlets. That's what I yeah. like. There's quite a bit of when the first thing when the first sneak peek came out, or you know, there were a lot of you know people were picking out different comic inspirations, everything from the bat symbol to the cowl or whatnot. We get even more noticeable homage type things here with these shots, right? Where yeah. you know it's very much zero year. The bat cycle looks like the zero year. Bat, bat cycle, cycle looks awesome, by the way. The mm-hmm. the the arm things are very very talon yeah, looking. Very I don't I don't know if that's the point but if anything i would imagine it's more of a nod than anything yeah. else uh which is very very cool yeah, but i the, like that but the cow looks i don't like i like if, if stitched together yeah, i like the idea finished. of it i just don't like how it looks but again do we think this is his motorcycle like. cowl because this one does have goggles yeah, there right. are lenses over the mm-hmm. eyes, which everyone's like, oh my God, white eyes. And sure, fine. But do we think, like, does he pop them out when he's not on his motorcycle? Does or, Are they only there for, are they only there for motorcycle riding? Like for the stunt, just so that like rain doesn't get in his eyes? What if mm-hmm. to, a lot of questions around. What if to bolster around. Charlie Ridgely's physics theory, it's a retractable cape oh, and it's a special automated Ooh. helmet that I'm like the it. eyes just automatically like. Boop. Yeah, that was it's my not, thing. I mean, I you like don't that. know. You're not running the Batman. This is this Darn. is more a this is a low tech ish Batman. Oh story. yeah, you're right. That's but that's such a wide thing for a billionaire <laughs> with like who's running around in a vigilante <laughs> suit. He didn't spring for the extra high tech. The but, like, cow what's low looks tech? like the well, cow he's, like he's got a motorcycle shaped like a bat. But that's he's probably learning. Yeah, okay, yeah. What, he didn't, just go, he is didn't just go by like You a, either go Daredevil where you literally have a handkerchief and a scarf <laughs> tied yeah. around your head, or <laughs> oh you go Batman of like, okay, no, he's gonna actually invest some money into his Yeah. He didn't go through all the trouble of making bat yeah, shaped gauntlets. <laughs> <laughs> like Bruce Wayne making like his own DIY costume <laughs> is not the same as like low tech for the rest of us. 
bust. I ran out of time. I had to go to Costco to pick up my suit. That's yeah. great. I went on Craigslist. I got these pop out white eyes. Pop them in, pop them out. Fiverr. They had the size for my cowl. Wow. Um, but all right. So go on comicbook.com. Take a look at all our uh, the Batman set photos. Let us know what you think. The other thing we saw this week was um, another headpiece that raised some questions was Woody Harrelson. Jesus. We talked about his uh, Cletus Cassidy and getting a look at that. But we got some better set photos this week. And it seems like the real conversational topic is going to be his hairstyle in this. Uh, and... I mean, the suit is exactly what we said. It was kind of funky Palmetto meets... Um, Palmetto. Palme- yeah, Palmetto <laughs> reference. You didn't think you'd hear that today, right? Palmetto meets uh, Natural Born Killers kind of outfit. Uh, um, where's Elizabeth Shue? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And so, like... But what we saw is now this hairstyle. So, Carnage, of course, Cletus Cassidy Carnage had, like, a ridiculous wig at the end of the first of Adam's, and we were all, like, wondering, what is this going to look like? I love that the set photos have people freaking out, and one of them is actually somebody, like, doing his hair on set. Oh, my god! Like, putting this, yeah. like, little weird bang comb down he, he has. He has this weird, like, dent in the hair. It's very odd. Like, is it supposed to be curling under or like waving. I don't. He's it's a. Like a it's hand. the Trump like <laughs> forward brushed toupee situation with some you know yeah it's shaved just, sides. It's, I mean, it, I could see where they were taking this from from inspiration in the comics because Cletus Cassidy has a weird hairstyle, but like. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's just mm. funny. I'm not a Matt, fan. I, I know. Jim is not a fan over there. Not Jim is just holding back. I think it looks worse than the bad one. I agree. Oh, no. no, I'm no. with you. I'm with you on this because he's a serial killer thing. and he's kooky and that makes more sense. This is like, hey, I'm trying to look good. No, this but looks like, that, this Cletus Cassidy looks like he's got a white van. And have you seen to, what try, he's wearing? He looks candy. exactly like someone who would have a white band. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> the hairpiece fits. I have no, like, is it my uh, favorite? Absolutely not. But, like, I'm not losing my mind over it. Like, that's not it. I mean, I see the character. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. It's a carnage. Crazy bad well, I mean, hairstyle. It's not even carnage. It's Cleese Cassidy. And if a guy who's been locked up in mental institutions, it's, it's what he thinks, like, stylish hair looks like. And he does mm, shop at Costco, okay. unlike Batman. Yeah. So, uh-huh. you know what? It fits the character. Hey, Costco's great. <laughs> I love Costco. <laughs> Like, if I saw that guy sitting in my living room in the middle of the night, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, I figured it'd be somebody like you. Like, you know. He doesn't so seem scary questions. to me at yeah. all. Like, he just seems like a weird uncle to me. He doesn't seem scary at all. That also yeah. brings up a, yeah, lot, a lot, lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions we're not going into. <laughs> all right. So you not can go and check out those set photos and let us know what you think on comicbook.com, uh, Marvel and comicbook.com, DC. Moving right along, we're going to talk about the Candyman teaser. So we've all kind of been waiting for this new t- Candyman to come out. And we're kind of getting this trailer coming. Oh, this is just a trailer? Did you just clickbait me? Just oh, my God. Teaser for the trailer. trailer teaser. Never mind. We're scrapping this topic. <laughs> what? It looks good. Yeah, I'll talk when we get the actual trailer. I just got comic He book. says it com. looks good, by the way. It, yeah. they literally, it's a bunch of people saying Candyman. Well, no, well, this one is screaming. You see, no, the, can, you see the Candyman. There's two things. Yeah, there's you two. See the can, you see Candyman drop the hook. Hook looked good. Like, that's... <laughs> Yeah, and then you have like a really there's epic a, there's scream. There's a new really say the hook looks <laughs> good. good. There's a new poster. The poster looks great. I'm excited for this. Of said hook. Well, <laughs> obviously I didn't research this topic before we came and started the show because as, qu- as closely oh as I need to have, comicbook.com got me. Yes. Do we know when the trailer is dropping? Thursday. Thursday, So we'll be perfect. talking about it on the next show. For Friday's show, okay? Com- yes, comicbook.com clits baits us sometimes, and we work here. So the don't feel bad. Good? And this happens. That is a regular thing. We do get clickbaited by our own site sometimes. It's we get excited. It's compelling the click. Compelling the click. That's All right. Great. Yeah. I like uh, that. Send like your letters it. to producer at comicbook.com. That was pricey. All right. Now, moving right along to something that's a little bit more substantive. We're going to talk about DC Comics and the uh, big shakeup. This week, where co-publisher, there's been two publishers, main uh, head publishers at DC. It's been Jim Lee and uh, Mr. Dan Didio. And this week, it was, an, or at the end of last week, it was announced that Dan Didio is leaving, and Jim is going to tell you the inside scoop as to why. Didio, anyway. Dude's gone. I don't need to say that. That sounds like Sean Paul. Dadio. This is this no, is a, I'm kidding. I like him. I actually really I this really is, like this him. is a big this is a big deal, mainly because DC DC was setting it was in the process of setting up its for all intents and purposes next big thing. The next thing that it was, you know, looking to set up the future of DC comics. 5G timeline. 5G, which is supposed to kind of pull together all of the strings back from everything it's done from New 52 to Rebirth and and everything else in between to kind of set the new definitive timeline 
for DC Comics. And it already started with Wonder Woman 750, with Wonder Woman being the first superhero of the DC universe. She's a god, immortal. It makes total sense, right? And so then we're going to kind of work through there. The free comic book day issue was going to, uh, to lead into that. And then, boom, you know, 5G was supposed to have been uh, a, a world where all the heroes that we know and love have now gone. New people have stepped up kind of in their place. The rumor was Lucius Fox would step up to be Batman. Problem is when you try and line up something like that, you're going to get a lot of people who are not, uh, not happy about it. But the biggest thing is that like you need to get retailer support. And this needed to have been the shot in the arm DC needs to get back to be competitive. They have been behind Marvel by 15 plus points from a market share standpoint for more than two years now. New, you know, new mama bear AT&T comes in and says, well, what the hell? We have, we have characters that presumably in their eyes are bigger and better than the Marvel characters. We should be, you know, whomping them on every front. And so there's a, there's a big question on how is the brand being managed? And in their eyes, DC does not want to feed the direct market anymore. They don't want to continue to uh, pump time and resources into an area that they feel that they are not necessarily getting their return. And the biggest person who was holding them back from that was, was Dan DiDio. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going around on that front. Like, was he hard to work with? Maybe, but there was no one I would say at DC who had more passion about actual comic books than Dan DiDio, whether or not he implemented them in the right way. I think Dan's problem is, is Dan has this love of these really obscure characters and really obscure ideas. And he tries to really, and he, and he tries to, to push those ideas to the forefront, you know, kind of leveraging his position as publisher to do so. And it just, it, it fall, it kind of falls flat on the flip side. When it does work, it works with things like bringing Tom King and Mitch Jarrods to do Mr. Miracle. That's a, Mr. Miracle is a character that nobody cared about, but yeah. Dan DiDio and, you know, got Tom and, and Mitch to make a book that is one of their new best-selling titles. So now it leaves this kind of this this hole, this vacant hole, right? Jim Lee has really sort of gone to be the more corporate liaison from DC, the brand, and as the representative to Warner Brothers and beyond, right? His, um, he had a little bit of involvement in The Joker, a bit of involvement in uh, Suicide Squad. I don't necessarily know how much he had to do with Birds of Prey, but that's kind of his role. Does he necessarily have the time to be focusing on publishing? Probably not. There's been a lot a lot of speculation on who could fit that role, right? People are saying, oh, it's Brian Michael Bendis's time, uh, which I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. People are saying, well, what about Scott Snyder? And I was like, it's really tough to put people who have primarily been creators into a role like that where they have to, you know, yes, can, you know, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, you know, can build these universe spanning type events and things like that. But I don't necessarily know if he wants to necessarily give up that stuff. The, the best option I've heard is ironically Jeff Loeb. <laughs> Jeff, here's the thing. Here, here's why. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I love that Jeff, reaction. Jeff Loeb well, is is okay. if you were to, if you were to pull together DC's top ten perennial selling books, Loeb's name is probably on five of them. Oh, Loeb's Loeb's heyday. And after the success of Marvel TV, he's I mean DC. But here's he the thing. The this couch. is I think this would be a total Phoenix rebirth kind of move. For Jeff, Jeff is someone who I've been in creative editorial retreats with Jeff Loeb at Marvel, and there is no one who understands co like comic book story storytelling in a way that than Jeff Loeb does. Jeff Loeb will, for everyone who you know, every creator who wants to spend six issues to tell you know to tell their story, Jeff Loeb will be the first one to tell you if you don't get to the punching within the first six pages of your first issue, you're not going to get that person back. And he's a, you know for all of his missteps at Marvel with television and how he potentially, you know, how we'd probably mismanage that Marvel television brand. The, the dude has corporate experience. He knows how he can walk that line. He can probably, you know, help manage the brand in that way. Now, he's just one option out of many, right? Like, with, it, there's probably a number of different people, but it's just, it was the name that was kind of thrown out, and I was like, well, actually, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, now that you say that, it does. And he's looking for a job. <laughs> I mean, it is a, a it is a safe, that's a to me, that's a safe pick. Sure. And I would not – I mean, when I when I saw this news, it, it was kind of a thing of, uh, is it a spot they're going to fill? They may not. Do they need to fill it? But here's the Jim thing. Jim Lee is really not – I mean, I, the thing also, I, I feel kind of bad for the Dio because he gets a lot of the blame. 
Yeah. But like Jim Lee's been riding shotgun on that on that car <laughs> for a while, well, and one it gets of them's like still producing pretty art for us. But yeah, but that's the thing, right? <laughs> everyone loves his. Oh, I'm just gonna make a Batman splash page, and like everything's forgiven. Meanwhile. The other side of that equation gets all the grief from all the things. Now, I didn't like New 52. Oh, hey, uh, slow down. Rebirth is fantastic to me. I, I really liked I'm Rebirth. the opposite, but I like both. But the like button both started out as a promising idea. The Watchmen stuff started out as a promising idea. And yep. then kind of but those were, all, those were all Jeff Johns ideas. <laughs> right? So, okay, so that's my thing. Do they just let this roll? And, I mean, do you think 5G is done? I think 5G in its current iteration, or what it was planned to be, the Dan DiDio plan for 5G, yeah. is dead. 5G, because they have already kind of started it, like, that train has left the station. So I think it will be, I think it will continue, okay. but in a much different fashion. Because here's the thing. A ton of work has already been produced yeah. for 5G. And they, that is, I don't believe something that, Time Warner, or not Warner, but Warner Brothers or AT&T is ready and willing to write off. So they need to figure out a way to make that stuff work. I think Loeb works really well in that spot. Uh, if, if he has to make, you've got, you're presented a plate of, here's a bunch of half-done stuff, and we need someone to finish it out. Look, his Batman Superman run, the original, like, two or three arcs, still one of my favorite most Batman wanted. Superman yeah, stories. Yeah. Long uh, I mean, look, Long Halloween, which yep. may be the inspiration for the Batman, you know, the Batman movie coming out. Yep. Big deal. All the stuff he's done with Tim Sale has, just, has yeah. been yeah. rock solid. So. Well, that's not to mention, like, the comic stuff that he's done at Marvel. Hey, we're not going to use this great. segment to sell Jeff Loeb too much. <laughs> like, yeah, let's pull so it back. Call in to the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, we're going to we're gonna be interested to see like, what happens here, who gets filled, if they fill it, like Matt said, or. I think if they don't fill it, it'll be a kind of a, a big writing on the wall sign of like where DC is headed. Look, internally, Mark Doyle may, may you know, is a potentially good. Um, he was a former bad editor. He was in charge of the black label stuff. Uh, you know, he's he's been around DC for quite a bit. He's young enough to kind of want to, you know, he's really pushed for a lot of the diversification of characters, creators, and things like that. So he could be someone. I just don't know if. Um, yeah, he's got. The We're not gonna go too deep because I mean, this is inside baseball now. Definitely, like the seventeen people who buy DC comics. <laughs> so, yeah, we're gonna keep an eye on it and see who comes up and who, or if they get filled and we'll keep you guys updated on that uh real quick right before we walked into the studio we got an update on jurassic world 3 production has officially begun and colin trevorrow dropped a kind of production start photo which revealed the title of the third film which will be jurassic world dominion which Ooh, i mean which yeah i mean it makes sense if you if you remember where fallen kingdom left off the dinos are now out in the world they're kind of mixed in with nature, so naturally, like, yeah, a battle for dominion over Earth would be kind of the wow. scientific or evolutionary It's like some thing Godzilla that's stuff. Yeah, exactly. Super cool. So we got to prove we're still the apex predators over these uh, people, these things that used to real. I almost said people. Well, there are clones running around, but <laughs> over these dinos that used to ru uh, rule the world. And coming back for that, of course, the big uh, draw is... This will kind of bring everything together full circle because the original Jurassic Park cast, including Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum, are going to be returning. Yes. And uh, was, it, was it Trevor who said, or someone said that like Jurassic World Three is like he wants it to be the Avengers Endgame of the Jurassic World universe. Ooh. I mean, and I the, like the actual clapper he's using to for the production start has the classic Jurassic Park logo. Yeah. So, I mean, I believe that. And this feels like a full circle kind of coming home. So that was pretty cool. So Dominion, I mean, this would be like, like I said, I mean, the title implies it's a battle for who's the superior, you know, dominant species. And we'll see how that goes. Somebody's getting a lot of murder, either a lot of humans or a lot of <laughs> I'm dinos. so much more excited for this after that short film. Yeah, that short film was great. It was right? awesome. Yep. Yeah. The bit, if you haven't watched that, Trevor o did a short film after Fallen Kingdom came out. I forget what the title of it is, but just look up Jurassic World short film. So good. It's on it's YouTube? So good. Or yeah, like, it's on okay. YouTube, and it's, cool. it's great. It's fantastic. Stay tuned, because when we get back, we're going to take some deep dives into the worlds of Star Wars, The Walking Dead, toys, and comics. And yeah, you want to be here for all of that. So stay tuned. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All righty then. So, going to Star Wars, we've been having a lot of conversations about Star Wars and, like, what's going on after the Rise of Skywalker. And we haven't gotten anything really solid about what's coming next other than, you know, we're getting a new season of Clone Wars is now in progress. We know when the Mandalorian Season 2 is coming. We're getting that limited Obi-Wan Kenobi series and the uh, Rogue One prequel series. But like we don't know what what's coming, and it's like a huge long list of things coming, thank you, which Janelle. is yeah. great. That's really good. It's, I, I, it makes me happy. Yes, thank you for calling that on my own contradiction. Of no, but I feel myself. like everybody feels that way. Everyone's like, "Oh, where are we going to go now?" But it, it, there really is more information. Well, out yes than we know. and no, because this is why I brought this up, and this is a good segue into it, because we're in this like now Brandon Davis limbo. Where, yes, we have more Star Wars coming, but uh, by Brandon Davis' scale of standards, I don't know if it counts as matters. stuff that matters, quote unquote. Mm. Wow. So, <laughs> That's uh, old. That's old. What we got is there's been a Star Wars kind of project, something in the works called Project Luminous, which we didn't know anything about, but we knew it was in the works and in the, in the story and the creative team was hard at work pumping this thing out. And we've all been wondering what that's going to be. Simultaneously, we began to hear rumors that the next set of films would be set in the High Republic, this kind of prequel to the prequels, like uh, 400, 600 years before the events of the prequel trilogy in the Skywalker saga. We'd see the Galactic Republic after the defeat of the Sith Empire at this time of peace, which turned out to be kind of the breeding ground where all the modern problems of the Skywalker saga you know, brewed over with the Sith making a comeback and Darth Bane and all that stuff. And the Rule of Two first got established and like, like I said, all that stuff. So now it seems like we could confirm that because what Project Luminous turned out to be was Star Wars, The High Republic, this whole new kind of era of Star Wars projects we're going to get. And we got a whole trailer for it and a whole kind of rollout reveal. But basically, right now, all it is is kind of the non-screen platforms that we're getting this on, right? So no, it's not TV shows. It's really just, it's publishing. Yeah, but they're using in scenes. the trailer. They're just using tons of images from yeah. everything besides the publishing, which yeah, is so they, they interesting. They sexy it up and make it look multimedia. <laughs> they really did sexy it up. I mean, but that's a new thing. Like every Marvel does that. Like now, they drop trailers that get people excited. Like, oh my god, it's the next movie. And it's like a comic. It's like for the next Wolverine comic. Okay. Um, and we eat off that, so I'm not complaining. But yeah, so it turned out this is just the publishing arm. So this is just comic books, novels. Things like that are, are where this High Republic is going in this era and this kind of new franchise is going to be built in these kind of extraneous parts of the franchise. Which brings us back to kind of the debate we've been having about Star Wars since kind of the Mandalorian hit and Rise of Skywalker hit. And those things drew in a, a wide mainstream crowd of people to kind of, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker as an event film, you know, Baby Yoda and The Mandalorian and all that, and Disney+. Plus, But it also kind of dragged up this old debate about Star Wars and, like, what is true Star Wars? Because, you know, before now in the modern sequel trilogy, it was kind of okay that people were just experiencing the films, and that was, like, you, you were kind of unencumbered if you just watched the movies, and you never watched any of the animated series or read any of the comics or novelizations or expanded universe stuff, like, that's never been required. Things have kind of changed now. Now we have a Star Wars franchise where literally things we get in the movies that are hinted at that you think, and, you know, Brandon Davis, why I kind of referenced him, has been freaking out about most of this. You know, we get a big events that are referenced in the movies, but we don't see them, and then, like, a comic comes along, like Marvel's Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren, which is this limited series happening now, which fills in all these very important details of Kylo Ren's backstory and fully introduces you to the Knights of Ren, who Ren was, and, like, what his deal was, and, like, all of that. 
you know, all the backstory of Luke Skywalker's Jedi Temple and how that went down and how he built it and when it fell, what happened. So that's all in a comic book. And, you know, Brandon, and, and he's not alone. I use BD as a lightning rod, but he's not alone. Like, a lot of people have been freaking out that they shouldn't have to go to a comic to get this information that should be in the movies and yada, yada, yada. So it brings up this really interesting question now when we're building a whole new Star Wars franchise in this whole new era that's never really been explored but it's only going to be in these kind of, like I said, extraneous comics and novels. And they're aimed at, like, different groups of people. There's going to be adult ones, kid ones, all this stuff. But, like, will this even register or matter to most fans until we get the announcement that there's that High Republic first movie coming? I've, I've got two things on this front. One, I've, we've been here before, right? This is Shadows of the Empire 2.0, right? And this is the when all of the now, you know, thrown out legends content that was created with the novels and they, like all had all had diehard you know fan bases stuff, right man. and then you know when disney bought lucas and they've tried to figure out what's gonna what what are we gonna take and what are we not gonna take man all of that stuff was just thrown out the window i don't think necessarily think they will throw this stuff out the window but i don't think this stuff is going to matter in five in five years i think it's different i think that what they're doing now is kind of the reverse of what happened in the sequel trilogy where you got those movies introducing all these ideas that they had to then run and fill in with backstory and comics and stuff. I think they're going to set the foundation. This is kind of the boring part, establishing the world, yeah. establishing the characters. establish. And, and when I say world, we're establishing like an entire new universe here. That's actually kind of exciting for people who kind of are new to the franchise or like don't yeah. who didn't really dive into all of that extra stuff with the Skywalker like myself for example like I feel like I could get into this and then when the movies and the TV shows drop I'll be like yeah I know everything yeah I don't get why you you're being so dismissive be cool. about it I think, and I said this earlier I think we are I think Lucasfilm is being too precious about Star Wars. We don't need to be precious about Star Wars. I think we need to lean into the things that resonate with fans of Star Wars, but also like what are the big things that are sticking out to new fans of yeah, Star Wars like and beyond. kind of lean in on that front. Well, do we need to do we really need to reintroduce like what I imagine just by looking at the covers looks like 20 new Jedi? Like do we need that? Yeah. I mean, this is the first time because all of the things you're talking about and the in the thing that Star Wars always skated by on is this one repetitive story, this kind of circular story, <laughs> which is the Skywalker saga that just literally repeats itself three different cycles of, you know, the chosen one getting tempted and either falling or rising and none of that. So, like, yeah, you got to reintroduce because now to say, like, we got to just stick to the things that appeal to Star Wars fans, that's impossible anymore because all of it was built on this very circular nostalgia. That's boring. That's now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, kind of boring one and now totally over. Like, it's gone. We're literally going into a new universe. Mm -hmm. So what I think they're doing is they're taking a safe approach. Like, if a book sucks and a storyline sucks, yeah, you're never going to hear about it again. <laughs> that character, that At angle. Least they're learning. But yeah. if there's somebody that jumps out as a major new villain or like a major Kylo new hero, Ren. like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, is, you're going to know who's going into that movie and, like, what's going to go. And they're creating their own Marvel. Yeah, you know? and, they're, and they're doing that. And this is just like extended focus group testing yeah. for their next movie. You're looking for the next Spider Gwen. You're looking for the next whatever. And when that because character comes Because here's what they've learned right? if you just start trying to break the old formula and do something new you're gonna have that last jedi beef again yeah. if you keep trying to dip into the nostalgia pool you got the rise of skywalker beef now <laughs> so now you're in this rock in a hard place so like yeah you're gonna have to reinvent star wars and you don't want to risk it on a big movie that could flop. i think so my thing is i don't know if this goes far enough back i mean the high republic only goes back 200 years no it's about 400 to 600 oh is it because i yeah i guess i thought it was 200 yeah no, even I think it's, to I think be it's about fair, even 200 yeah. years would be a pretty significant thing. But 400 yeah, but to 600 is like a two, giant space. 200 years is really more is two generations. If you're going yeah. two generations back, you know, well, in, the era of the High Republic and the Great Peace is like in a thousand year story right. before the the events of the prequels start to kick in. Mm -hmm. From the end of the Sith War to the till the Sith kind of begin and Palpatine began to make his moves again. That's a thousand year span right. in canon now. So Look, like, I just want them to go back to the old. So it's kind of like, that's well, why, that's why I'm upset. Yeah, and, what? <laughs> I want old Republic stuff. And like, I would have liked that too. I would have liked to see the Jedi versus like the Sith army. And when there was yeah. an entire army of this and like yeah. happening, but the reason why they're doing the high Republic is because it's undefined. 
Sure. It's been talked about in canon, but there's no project set in that time period. And it really gives and it's them just a, like a big, big yeah, blank canvas, slate. Right? Yeah. yeah. And they've already been building up to it in the comics, in the movies. Like in Rise of Skywalker, that place is, we used to be a Jedi outpost. Uh, Palpatine's thing was an old outpost from the High Republic days. There's one in Kylo Ren that's very pivotal that's to the cool. Knights of Ren origin. Like, to me, Star so, Peace like, yeah. sounds real boring. Well, ba- yeah, basically, but that's the thing. <laughs> like, it wasn't Jim. You're such. Why? Are and you such this a is where troll? you expand that Jim is like a Jim is like a general master of knowledge into all of these things, but you're missing the finer details because the high, the High Republic. Starving. It was this great piece in the sense that the Sith was defeated. There was a Republic, a functioning government. But what happened in that time period were all these smaller kind of skirmishes that weren't official wars, but they were big skirmishes. But who cares? People I that aren't That's you. their job. They <laughs> have to make us care. We, to we just know what the way. biggest I mean, threat it's of a this fair, universe is. Yeah, but it's a fair question. But I think at this point in this new universe, things like the extended Mandalorian War, which took place in this time period. Fair. People that are going to care about. Yeah. Fair. Mandalorian also, War? Fair. But also people yeah, there's, who and there's more than this. just enamored with the current Skywalker saga are looking for something different but in I, Star Wars. Even, I'm even saying separate from the Skywalker thing. We already know what like the biggest threat of this universe is. It is the Sith, right? And, and this is where and, they kind of got back to power. Like this is part of this story is going to be the hubris of the Jedi thinking that they beat the Sith. It's all over. And the Sith having to kind of, there is a big Sith story in this. Them having to go back to the drawing board and saying, you know, our empire, this whole idea didn't work. But what if we learn just to, you can't rule people. That's not the way it works. You have to kind of, the dark side's more subtle. You got to manipulate them. You got to do this. There can only be two. And like figuring that all out. Right. That's more what I want. Like that's more more what I'm interested in. And yeah. that's where, and like none of that was real. I mean, they said that the big evil threat of this High Republic thing are, are Freaking space Viking, sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Bleep sound. Yeah, there are space Vikings, but that's just the first. Like this is just the first thing. Like in the Phantom Menace, it was a droid army, and the and the viceroys like were our big villains. You know what I mean? Like so. Wait. Bottom line, like when this video dropped, did you guys feel excitement about it? Did it inspire any kind of like emotion from you? I got excited. Yeah, I got really excited because I like the character concepts. I like the villain concepts, and I like the the villain sketches. Oh, I love those yeah. yeah those all look good i mean the, the artists they're bringing in for this are great and the thing i think that people haven't connected yet is they're what they're doing kind of subtly is interdu- interjecting a very big kind of star trekky element to this because mm-hmm. at this time the jedi are a major peacekeeping force they're not just like every time we've seen them they've been kind of yeah the council was there in the prequels but they were just kind of having a, like a blind eye and they weren't we didn't get to see a lot of like the stuff we saw in Clone Wars with them actually going out around the universe and adventuring and doing all that stuff. But this is basically what this is going to be. Them going into different parts. A lot of it has to do with like the Outer Rim territories, they were saying, like in where a lot of the action will be is in these kind of Wild West frontiers of the Star Wars universe. And the Jedi as a kind of peacekeeping force going out there and doing these kind of Star Trek type things, discovering new races, having new experiences, basically like charting this map. It's Green Lantern Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah, it's Green Lantern awesome. Star Wars, which sounds cool to me. So, Jim, like, yeah. <laughs> so, I think there's going to be more potential here. And I, I like that they're going to be able to use comics and books and kind of figure out their way here and build a, a legitimate foundation so that there's actually something to talk about when we go into a new movie. I'm excited for, for more, even just speaking solely on the comics front, for more com- for comics that are outside of the Skywalker saga. Like I'm, I feel like we're, that's been fairly done to death. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I wish there was a bigger. Cue to when we cut to Jim finally coming around was like, I'm liking this. No, Six yeah. months from now. Yeah. Oh, you know, this is a good idea. Yeah, I'm so glad I was always kind of ambivalent. No, <laughs> but all right, that's fair Hoping enough. Hoping for the best. All right, so that's yeah. Star Wars. You can go on comicbook.com, Star Wars, and get all the fine details about this, like the Wookiee Jedi, a look at the new Wookie. villains. Like, yeah, a lot of fun so stuff cool. in here. Pandering. A Wookiee yeah. Jedi is awesome. It's yeah. pandering. No, C-3PO in every movie is pandering. for everything else that's yeah. pandering? <laughs> a Wookiee Jedi is long overdue, not pandering. So now 
Going from uh, Star Wars over to Janelle's expertise side of the Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk Walking Dead. We put this in here just for you, just to give you... Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so happy. Some After the Dead nostalgia. So, first of all, all my Walking Dead people, hello. We're still here. I'm still a huge fan, too, so thanks for being a fan with me. Hashtag Um, WD fam. Yes, I love it. I love The Walking Dead. Um, Huge fan of uh, Greg Nicotero. Huge fan of the whole entire storyline of following it. It's the only comic book series that I have actually read read the entire thing um and i'm pumped about it um the season mid-season premiere uh we call aired, it 10b okay yeah 10b <laughs> came out on sunday and it's also just the title of this episode there's like a lot of stuff going on like a lot of notable things um but to me something that they really tried to hit hard with was the end where they may have killed off two characters by the way spoilers Everyone, yeah. spoilers. spoilers for the Walking Dead I, season ten B premiere. Say, spoilers. There You're are big. You're there big. are a few points in the episode where you would think that maybe this person may die, which is nice because we sometimes and don't feel that. One sex scene where I thought I was going. To the die. sex scene. Yo, Kofi, what do you think about Negan with his clothes off? Uh, I mean, they were both very dirty. They were. Yes. All they I could think about was the smell. How, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, whenever a sex scene makes, starts making you think about the smell, that's never a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. Well, the mask. She didn't. So Alpha and Negan had a moment of uh, just you're kind of scared for Negan that he may be murdered by Alpha. She's leading him out into the woods. She says, "Strip down." Instead, she was going to murder. Um, and she he turns <laughs> oh, around. Man. And she <laughs> is, is naked with the mask on. So she's wearing her whisperer mask. They and bumped Douglas. And she proceeds yeah, to thank him. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to him. Oh, God. She proceeds to thank him in a way that he would understand because he is a crude man. And yeah. she bangs him in the woods um, with the mask on, kisses him with the mask on. That is all just weird to me. But um, There's been a lot of unsettling stuff on that show. Yeah. This nears the top of the list. Yeah, was, it really it, did. And I'm also, I guess, standing was the position, some kind of standing position because I don't think they, anyways. Moving on. The One of the craziest moments for me personally was uh, they were trapped. It's, the episode starts where they're trapped in a yeah, cave. It was not good for you claustrophobic out there. I'm personally claustrophobic. And when Carol began, Carol, we come to find out, is claustrophobic. And she proceeds to have a straight-up panic attack. And I started to have a panic attack as well. I was standing up, jumping up and down, screaming at the television in a few moments of the the tight-spaced crawling out of the cave scene, especially oh, with Jerry. Jerry, yeah, that got me. Oh, my the God. The broad-shouldered man. I was like, oh, he's God. He's huge. This is my he's 6'2", big man. He's a joy on the show. He's one of, like, the only comic relief characters, and he's so joyful and happy, and he just, like, brings so much spirit to the show. So if we lost him, I would freak out. But, yeah, he got wedged in a crevice and couldn't get out and walkers were grabbing at his feet and it was just really, really terrifying. Mm. And my heart, <laughs> I just, the tight space, man, that, that got to me more than, like I said, the end scene where we could have possibly yeah, lost I two characters. Had... I didn't even need that because the cave walker stuff just messed with me so much and had my heart racing so much that I didn't even need that fear factor in the end. We still don't know what's going to happen to those two characters. They could still be okay. Um, but you know, the show is For not sure. fearful they got some other of projects they need to go send to. Yeah. I think they so. don't they both have Marvel projects? I know the uh, the deaf actress does, but I feel like the other one also was cast in something. I mean, they're great actresses, so that would make yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> like they're they're great. But I just think they did a really good job. Sometimes The Walking Dead gets a bad rap on kind of losing its basis, which is the fear of walkers, right? Like, and in this episode, they gave us like fear of a bad community, which is the whisperers and fear of like tight spaces. And they also rolled in the walkers, which is nice because sometimes we lose that with storylines and like story progression and character development. Like this time it was, it was about the walkers. It hit all the notes I wanted it to hit and I'm sucked in. I'm really excited. I can't wait for next week's episode and bravo. 
Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that claustrophobic stuff was kind of nuts. So been, messed up. I haven't been man. that bad since the descent. Oh, God. I literally keep getting goosebumps. I can't stop myself. I, I'm, I'm envisioning these scenes, and I am. I can't imagine. I wonder where they shot. I want more information on where they shot this, what it looked like behind the scenes for so them to I be shooting. I Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm they like, shoot in Georgia, and I'm from Florida, and people don't realize there's caves, like, all in Florida, and they're tiny like that, really tight. So I would imagine it was somewhere in Georgia. It'd probably be cool to explore. Um, but yeah, it was really scary. Did you watch it? Did you see I it? did not. No, there's definitely a reason why that episode was called Squeeze. Oh, God. It's because of the uh, main squeeze that we Alpha took We also had on. a good performance from Norman, um, Daryl. Oh, I was like, oh, it's like good. When he normal. thought he lost or could have lost someone important to him. Yeah. No, there was. We a- always like check Norman tears. It's kind of like a meme. Like we all, he, there was like one scene early on in the series where he cried and it was like the funniest ugly cry ever. So Walking oh. Dead fans always check his like emotional <laughs> scenes. They're like, is he going to do the cry? I think in an interview so once he said never he's like. cry in public. No, he was like mortified. <laughs> he talked about this before. Oh he, he hated the way that he looked when he cried. So it changed the way he cried on camera. It's, it's just really cool. Um, anyways, I'm so glad it's back. <laughs> I'm such a fan. Yeah, I mean, The Walking Dead has been better. I've been an advocate right now. BD's here. He said it. But, uh, yeah, since you take out the Grimes family saga, it's been good because you don't know who's going to live, who's going to die. It brings real stakes because now, like, it feels like anybody could go um, except Norman Reedus, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Carol. Carol. Those are, like, the only two who can't go. But uh, you never know. The good thing is they may want to go now, so they might die anyway. So well, they uh, can't go before Maggie comes back. Oh my gosh, God. Maggie! Everybody's done. I forgot about wait. Maggie. No, I, I have not. I totally forgot about her. I thought she had already <laughs> left. That's like, I need like to see Billy. Okay, back. Oh, you okay. guys, we need to meet Herschel, little baby Herschel, <gasps> Glenn's offspring. Hello. Yes. He's only going to get one scene. It can only afford a baby for that. Like, oh my god. He needs to. And then he'll always be off to catch on with America. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it'll be really crazy if we do see in the future we see Negan meeting baby Herschel. I think that would be kind of what if we had a baby Negan. No, and no thanks. Baby Alpha. Herschel, and they meet. And Alpha that's and the me. next. And they fall in love. They live happily ever yeah, after. No, I mean, I'm just kidding. This was, I mean, the scene with Negan <laughs> was an Easter egg to the comic where later he cuts off Alpha's head. But Exactly. Uh, that's all I can think knows? about. Now they could I get thought pregnant. he might have done it during that intimate moment. I was like, well, maybe this, this is his big chance. probably exists. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it would be funny if like, he went to kill her in the end and then she was just like, by the way, I'm pregnant. And then he was like. Oh, my God. And then run off together. And then the baby stops. Her dying because, like, it heals. Her Stop. Just he, he definitely wants, to wants this to be like sci fi fanfic. No, keep your comic books. Speaking of which, we're going to move on. You can get all our coverage and breakdowns of this Walking Dead season team, uh, 10B awesome. premiere on comicbook.com, The Walking Dead. Now, since obviously Matt has some very fantastical things in his head, we'll let you do a rundown of comics <laughs> where this kind of talk belongs. So give us your quick rundown of comics because then we got to recap Toy Fair and get out of here. All right. So we're going to run through this real quick. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 48 is the return of Ranger Slayer. What, what? One of the coolest new characters in comics, I love that period. name. I know, right? It's awesome. You can only have Slayer. one live, Ranger Slayer Cardiac. Sounds like a Halo, like oh, after that's you kill someone. mean. What? Oh. <laughs> I'll have to come real back to Sophie's that. I'll have to come back to that. Okay. Sophie didn't get extra time. Uh, Amethyst number one. Uh, we also have Batgirl number 44. Batman Beyond number 41. Uh, we have Batman uh, Curse of the White Knight number seven. I still love this series so much, and it's almost over because issue eight will be the finale of this. This is the Black Label book, and it's been fantastic. And it has a – this is a spoiler, but it's not really a story spoiler. I just want to say it has one of the coolest little Batman 89 Easter eggs in it. And if you love the Batman 89 Batmobile, you will love this issue because, like, Sean Murphy draws the snot out of it. That's what awesome. they already announced in, like, another sequel to this, is it? No, because you know they're not gonna. I mean, they're gonna, not gonna stop that money train. They're just gonna. I mean, there's been a spinoff yeah. already. That's like right. a one shot, but yeah, they haven't announced it yet. Uh, I imagine it's coming though. Batman Overdrive, which is the new middle grade book uh, as part of the old DC Ink line, uh, which has been great. Uh, Far Sector Number Four, still one of the coolest Green Lantern books around. Uh, is that still being drawn by Jamal Campbell? Yeah, and it's beautiful. So good. It's that dude is so stunning. Oh, uh, it's a gorgeous book. Uh, Leviathan Dawn. Number one, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else about that. <laughs> Tales for uh, Tales of the Dark Multiverse hardcover. This is, we talked about it a few times. This was the kind of what if 
alternate scenario of all these different classic DC stories done in the dark multiverse thing, and it's all collected into one. So if you liked any of them, which actually some of them are really good, they're all in one place now. Uh, we also have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Jenica, number one. Jenica is the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the newest one uh, coming to the series. So Love now she's name. getting her own spinoff. Jenica. Right? It's awesome. Ooh, uh, Weatherman Volume nice. 2. Uh, I still love this book. And so if you're behind, you can catch up on the second volume. Uh, volume 3 will conclude the series, and that comes out later this year. Uh, 2020 Force Works. I don't know if there are any Force Works people in the house. I just love that old team. And so now they have a new iteration. Wait, the image one? No, oh, the Marvel the, one. Mar- the Marvel. Oh, okay. The you remember Force Works the cartoon? And- oh, it was awesome. Hey, well, I thought it was awesome at the time. And it basically, it's basically a book for anyone over 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's back. This one doesn't have all those characters, though, but it does have some great characters. Like, I didn't expect Gauntlet to get used in a book, which was awesome. Uh, Ant-Man number two, Avengers number 31. Uh, there are actually a couple really interesting revelations in this book, so don't miss does that. Does it start the Moon Knight arc, or is that no. we still one issue away from that? This is one issue away from it. Damn. Uh, we also have Avengers of the Wasteland. Number two, uh, the old man Logan, dead man Logan version of the Avengers actually has been kind of interesting. So um, excited to see where it goes. Dawn of X Volume Two, collecting all the second issues of the <laughs> of the Dawn of X. However, I will say Marauders, the trade, the actual one that just collects Marauders, is coming out in April. So they are coming with just the individual series. So if you don't want to get all of these, which is ridiculous, uh, you can do that. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, number one. Uh, Fantastic Four, Grim Noir, number one. Uh, we have Giant Size, X-Men, Jean Grey, and Emma Frost. This is actually really good. It's gorgeous. I really like this yeah. one. I, Russell Dodderman art is... When I got... Th- this is a slight spoiler, but it's mostly a silent issue. Yes. And when I got to like three pages in of it being a silent issue, I was like, ugh. But when you get but to the, the last very time end, they did that was during the whole Marvel silent issue week or month that they did all yeah. silent issues. And that was like one of the best issues of new X-Men was yeah. Jean Grey mm-hmm. and White Queen had to go inside Professor X's mind to save him yeah. and get her back. This is this Nova. is almost that. That was beat amazing. For beat for the first. Yeah. That's awesome. This is almost that beat just, for beat for a first couple of pages. But um, what what it where it ends and what that means for, you know, the future of the X-Men stuff is incredibly interesting. Yeah, it's really good. So it's a very, I would say it's a very important issue. Yes. So if you're uh, and all these giant size stuff. books linked together, by the way, yes. they are actually telling a story. So they're one shots, as Jamie pointed out, they're one shots, but they are actually linked. So good to keep up. Nightcrawler's getting one very soon. Uh, we also have uh, New Mutants number eight, uh, Spider Ham number three. Uh, we also have uh, Star Wars number three. Uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 12, the final volume in the series. Uh, it is now in trade, so if you want to collect that, you should because it's awesome. Uh, we also have Strike Force, Volume 1, collecting that first issue with Spider-Woman Fever. Uh, X-Force, Number 8, X-Men, Number 7, and the uh, the first issue was excellent anyway, so X-Men, Fantastic Four, Number 2 comes out. I'm actually very intrigued by the possibilities of that. So that is comics. Cool. Well, you're not done yet because now you and Jim got to recap what you started in the last show when you guys were talking about Toy yeah, Fair. Yeah, we teased Toy Fair. So, so gotta, now you got to talk uh, about yeah. what you actually did see. This is exciting. And what's hot. So, All I care about is Todd McFarlane's uh, Kickstarter spawn figure because, good God, I need it so much. So, okay. So, for those <laughs> who weren't paying attention uh, to the Toy Fair, because a lot of stuff actually came out of Toy Fair this year, a surprising amount, actually. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this to be that big. Uh, Todd McFarlane is doing a Kickstarter to essentially, he's calling them his Masterworks yep. series, and he's going to redo the old original spawn figures which he actually showed one in the packaging was, was kind of cool so i uh, forget what year those came out 19, but he's going to do the old school packaging but do the old figures which i think there were 12 9 yep. mm-hmm. uh and he's going to do them in the new updated mcfarland style he showed a prototype of one it's gorgeous wow. uh and he's he was pointing out a bunch of flaws in all the old toys <laughs> like <laughs> oh, man no. this rubber like this was rubber i can totally do better than that he was like essentially oh, like crapping all over his old toys and everyone who has one is just i know right yeah it's like oh geez but if they're like the prototype it's gorgeous. It's got like a foldable cape. Yeah, the big it's, thing around that original figure was that the cape folded around like this front of Spawn and you can like open it up and give him a nice big cape. This is like that, but on steroids. Yeah, well, awesome. Maybe that's what the it new Batman suit's going to be like. Now, here's the thing. It, you know, you, kinda, you bring up Batman. It's actually interesting because uh, real quick, uh, Tom McFarlane recently started doing the DC figures. And if you look at this figure and you look at like one of his DC figures, you're going to notice a difference, and it kind of makes you go, huh. "Can I get a Batman like that spawn? Like wow. that's not that's not Todd's fault. 
That's decent. I'm just fault. saying that you. Yeah. It is one of those things you don't really think about, but then you see them up close and you go, "Okay, like I want a Batman that that looks like that." So hopefully that's the case later. Um, speaking of Star Wars, uh, Baby Yoda fever is in high gear. The animatronic. Baby Yoda that was shown off uh, is actually almost sold out what? <laughs> everywhere. What is the price point on that? Uh, I forget what his price point is. It's kind of ex- it's a little more expensive, but still. When you say expensive, what? Like expensive in it's like sixty bucks. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not bad. More than twenty, which is kind of typically what like nineteen ninety nine. I thought is you were going to tell me point. like one hundred and fifty. Here's the thing: they, so had, I'm down. they had something like this that they released with uh, that was a Chewbacca. Uh, it was a Chewbacca toy that, you know, would react to you talking to it and it would move its arms a bit. It would do a number of different things like that. And this is that, but really like an updated version of it, which the Chewbacca toy is very, very cool. So it makes perfect sense for them to do something like oh, this yeah. for Baby Yoda. So. And it's cool looking. Uh, there's also a, uh, it's part of the lightsaber line, Darth Revan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that saber looks awesome. Uh, it's part of their like FX spiffy like line of lightsabers it looks really cool uh there's also a just another bit of lucasfilm just picking what they want from the old <laughs> exactly. stuff. And now they'll have you a either, whole new world You either take from. all of it or none of it. Don't, okay. I don't hate this cherry pie. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of uh, Funko Pops announced. Yeah. Uh, My Hero got a slew of really cool looking uh, Endeavor, Pops. Endeavor, that Endeavor one is just Yes, gorgeous. is one of the coolest Pops like ever. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh got a slew of really cool looking Pops. Uh, Marvel's Avengers got Exodia, some really cool ones. You're just going to gloss over the Exodia Pop? Like, whoa. I for Yu-Gi-Oh? He was so excited. For Yu-Gi-Oh I've never actually fans, seen him so excited. For Yu-Gi-Oh fans, the Exodia pop, it, it is legit. I am definitely day one getting one of those. Wow. I was more excited for the office pops that came out because I have Stanley with a pretzel and I have Meredith in oh the not God. safe for work blurred out that <laughs> is casual great. Friday pop. It was amazing. Uh, we also had Disney villains, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Inuyasha, am I Saying in, that correct? Inuyasha. Yeah. Inuyasha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, those were the first ones, I believe, that they've never had their own pop, so now they have their own series. Uh, Mighty Ducks <gasps> we, uh, got their own pop. What? Uh, pop. One of my favorites of the weekend, though, was the pop albums, which was recreating famous album covers. And their first one is the Notorious B.I.G. No. And it's the baby, and it's the bet. It looks Stop amazing. It. it looks amazing. Stop it. Yes. So that was that, their debut. That was their that first one. That was their first oh. one. Uh, yeah, I might need that. Uh, me too. Oh, God. <laughs> also, the uh, Valkyrie on a Pegasus pop looks really cool. So Ooh, yeah. uh, we also got uh, Hasbro revealed a bunch of stuff. G.I. Joe Classified, their new Marvel Legends line of G.I. Joe figures. Uh, we also got AEW's debut, their figures, which actually look really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel Legends teased a bunch of stuff, but the highlights are, I know Kofi's a big fan like me, Age of Apocalypse, Apocalypse, and it's gorgeous. There's also build a, a Build-A-Figure Sugar Man. That's, that's it. <laughs> coming. Uh, they revealed a, bu- a bunch of other regular figures, which all look really good. Uh, but, the, but the biggest thing well, is that they tease at the end. Uh, I remember when we were they talking teased, about it. They our, announced it. No, they teased it. It was at the end. They left it, and they go, we'll just let the video play. And then they let essentially like this uh, screen highlights mutants uh, in the crowd, and it's showing X Men, and it's all done from like this machine interface, looking like a Sentinel. They didn't show it, but it. Lo- I ca- cannot wait because that is one of the biggest things I wanted for years. Is in the chest release Sentinels oh, by themselves. That's not what I was. Talking what about. were you talking about? You're totally missing the probably the biggest announcement of that entire. Are you talking thing. about the movies? X Men, mo- mo- yeah, movie figures. That. I'm not X Men movie figures. That's a that's a huge I, deal. I get it, but that's not. I, I don't care because I, because <laughs> when these movies were coming out, this was the the cult the Marvel. Marvel Fox Cold War. Yes. And we got zero movie. We got garbage movie figures. Yes. Garbage ones. And now we're getting Deadpool movie figures. Yes. We're getting. Which look very good. We're getting real, like real scan, Ian McKellen, uh, Patrick Stewart, Michael Fassbender, Fassbender, and James McAvoy, Xavier and Magneto figures. Like those. So if you've really been wanting to buy a movie Xavier figure. And clear your show. A movie franchise. And great, no people. And a great, what, and a great looking Hugh Jackman Wolverine figure. But, okay, the Hugh Jackman Wolverine is right. It looks really good, and people just, actually care about that it figure. The other figures, gonna get no one's going to care. I'm sorry, but no one's going to care. They care more about the. If they put out figures. a Days of Future Past line of uh, Hasbro Marvel yeah, I mean, Legends, Days of Future Past. people are going to buy the 
S out of it. I agree, but I'm not buying <laughs> a Michael Fassbender Magneto yeah. or a now. The, it's cool that it comes with a Patrick Stewart head. Yeah, that's but the I'm reason not to buy it. James McAvoy, Professor X. I'm okay, sorry, I don't take, care. Just take the head off, throw it out, and put the <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Stewart head on, which there. is fair, and what a lot of people will probably do. Uh, so those wow. figures did come out. Uh, also, I am going to get to my personal love here. Uh, this was a huge weekend for Power Rangers. Uh, one, the Dragon Dagger uh, Hasbro revealed their first replica like weapon of the Lightning Collection light. It looks awesome. It actually plays the song. I you can they remix did they it. Did not do Saba? Nope. They oh. have not done Saba. Oh, that was the last And I did the last Saba. So they've done helmets. Yep. But they have not done a weapon. So this is the first one. It looks awesome. It looks really cool. It comes with a stand. It glows. Like this thing is like full on. Also, wave five. I'm not going to lie. The... I like the Bandai one better, but. Oh my God. You're one of those. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Wow. This one's a troll. This today. one looks way right. more like a toy. Like, no, it, it looks doesn't. more like a it, toy oh, than it's oh, We need that for okay. Every show needs a heal. Oh, we geez. need okay. that. We also got wave five of the Lightning Collection. I'm sure he'll find something wrong with this one as well. It does come with a great lineup, including Rager Slayer, is getting the figure of the figure. I was told that I would never get <laughs> you know who you are and I shout out that person <laughs> uh, and then also we got our first look at the big upcoming crossover team up uh, which is going to have uh, Jason from Red Ranger from the original Power Rangers oh. Austin St. John is returning we got to see him in a clip yeah. doing the morphin time thing where he's about to morph That's crossing super over cool. with Beast Morphers that comes out later this year uh, and pay attention to comicbook.com for more reveals on that but it looks awesome the new season looks great and then also we got a um I have another thing here. Where is it? I got Wave 5. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> air, Matt. Uh, the other thing, though, what I am going to shout out is we had talked about it. I teased it, I think, on the last episode, was uh, if you want to take a look at the Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle designs, you can see them on comicbook.com. They look really, like, ridiculous and fun. And, like, April O'Neil's the Pink Ranger. Raphael is, of course, the Red Ranger. Uh, Donatello's the what? Black Ranger, the coolest That's one. So the designs cool. look really cool. So if you're looking for Power Rangers coverage, check it out on the site. So that is Toy Fair in a nutshell. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you're just getting anti- uh, if you're just getting acquainted with the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and every Friday on ComicBook.com, where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates about the show. Or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist. Or you can find videos of the show on the ComicBook.com YouTube page. If you want to continue the discussion, ask us any questions, or just shout us out, hit us up at the hashtag ComicBookNation, or you can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. You can reach me at Janelle Wheeler and on Twitch, same name. And you can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And if you like the show, go on iTunes, leave us a nice five-star review. I think sometime next week we're going to hop in and do uh, review reading. We'll do it when everybody's here so we can have some fun with that. And uh, if we read your five-star review from iTunes on the show, we'll send you some uh, comic book swag in the form of a Comic Book Nation t-shirt with that nice thread count. Dude, I love these shirts. I say it every time. I love these shirts. I wear them all They are really good shirts. They are legit good. That's why I try to talk them up. I get a lot of crap for it, but, you know, I'm just trying to sell our wares uh, that we're giving away for free and five-star reviews. So... If you want one of those, be sure to uh, leave your five-star review on iTunes. Otherwise, that'll do it for this show. We'll see you guys when we come back next time. This is Comic Book Nation, and uh, we're out of here. Deuces.